Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche School Podcast. Um, Friday's episode today. Uh, today we are we are talking all things Porsche as we usually do. And today I am joined by um, James. And James, you guys will remember from a previous owner's story. Uh, James had the cup car. He's had lots of air cools. He's had GT3s. Good morning or good evening, James. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no, good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you came back on. I'll just tell the listeners that James and I have been saying, you know, you should come back on. And then I thought, well, the opportunity's here. Uh, Steve's seat is empty, so to speak, because he's uh, he's he's bearing. He, he's getting used to having two children in in his apartment. Getting used to being uh, sleepless for a little while, so <laughs> he won't be back anytime soon. Uh, he is coming back. People have asked me that question. He is coming back. It's just it's just going to be a few a uh, few weeks before he does. Um, before we get into it, James, I'll just start with um, the usual Friday's things. But um, just to remind people, if they haven't listened to your episode, uh, I can't. I should have checked. Actually, I can't remember what number you were, James, on owner stories. Do you remember? I do not remember. I think it comes up on the pod uh, on the podcast as fifty one. Fifty one. Okay, that's episode fifty one. Yeah, but check out. Uh, just do a search. <clears throat> just to have a look through the. The podcast, if you listen to Apple or you listen to Spotify or whatever it is, and, and check out James's episode if you haven't listened to it already. Uh, and while we're talking as well, you should uh, have your phone open and looking at Instagram or just check out the Instagram if you haven't. It's Porsche or Porsche Platz, P-L-A-T-Z on Instagram. So go and check out James's Instagram and give him a follow as well. And uh, you can check out the cars he's had and, and, and the questions that I will ask today because there's, there's a few updates that James has which I'm interested in. Um, because you've just recently acquired another SC, haven't you, James? Yeah, that's right, the red one. So a guard's red, um, yeah. a nice Australian-delivered one. So we're going to talk about that because it looks um, it looks pretty special on on your Instagram. And I did see one, or there's still one for sale on car sales, I think, but I want to talk to you about that. I'm sure you've seen that one as well. Um, so we're just... Yeah, we'll just start with the usual. So I just want to say um, no new Patreon members this week. Um, Patreon, if you don't know about it already, is just where we get some support for the podcast. Um, you know, it's just it's just a bit of support. It just helps us keep talking. If you just go to Patreon and you search Porsche Cooled or Porsche Cooled, it comes up straight away and you can just join through, through their site. Um, what I'm going to do, though, in uh, when I'm back in London in um, a few weeks... I'm going to get some stickers made up, actually, some Porsche cooled stickers. Um, and my wife, Natasha, is a designer, so to speak, and she will design the sticker. And I'm just going to give those away to you guys. I'm not going to charge anything for it, um, not just for Porsche cooled members, not just for Patreon members, but for everyone. So I'll just I'll just give you those stickers. So as once once, I, once they're made and once they're ready to send out, um, I'll reach out somehow and get your guys' addresses if, for anyone that wants a sticker. Um, Porsche Cooled owner stories this week, uh, James. Did you listen to Nick's story? Yeah, I did. I listened to Nick's story today, actually. Okay. Quite a, quite a good story. Sorry? Quite a good story. Yeah, there's similarities between you and him in a way. That's why I was wondering if you guys have ever crossed paths in Melbourne. I think we've crossed paths once at a racetrack, um, but I don't know him personally, but there's no doubt we've been on the track together. Yeah, because he's enjoyed that uh, 997 GT3 track experience. He didn't change yeah. up to a cup car like you. Yeah. yeah. And he bought one of the... Hmm. I think I remember seeing it out at a racetrack a few years back. Right, right. So for you guys that haven't listened to it yet, uh, that's Porsche Gould Owner Stories this week, and it's Nick from, um, Nick from Melbourne. And Nick now currently owns a uh, 911, 991.2 Carrera in GT Silver and Manual, uh, one that he purchased new. He spec'd it exactly the way he wanted it. Uh, it's a pretty nice car. I mean, it's quite a pure car. I've known Nick. I don't know Nick personally. I've never met Nick, and that was the first time we've actually spoken face-to-face. Uh, but Nick's been following me through my social, I guess, my social obsession with YouTube and, and all of this for, you know, since about 2017 when I first started or 2016. Um, but he's owned many Porsches. He's had 911s. He's had Boxsters. Um, and there's a funny story in there about his aunt that used to work for a show, a TV show in um, Australia called Beyond 2000, which was a very, wasn't it, James, a very popular show at the time, Beyond 2000. Do you remember it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. When I, when I was young, I, I used to watch that. So, um, yeah, I thought that was, that was quite interesting, his aunt going over to Germany 
to what was it review the 959 to review and drive the 959 i guess it's you know futuristic futuristic looking cars you know that was that was yeah. the future yeah. <laughs> uh, and then she uh, she had a slight uh, mishap in it as well apparently so um, anyway, listen to Nick's story. It's a good one. It's on the uh, it's on the podcast. It came up yesterday, so oh, Tuesday. Sorry, I'm recording this on Wednesday, but it came up Tuesday. Uh, next week, I have Eric coming on, and Eric is from the US, and Eric's got a 997.1 um, 911, same as mine, and he's also got a 986 Boxster, uh, and it's a good story because he bought them, James, at the same time, and basically the Boxster is the one he's because the uh, the 997 has the warranty. The Porsche warranty. The Boxster is the one he's kind of modding up and, and doing things to so he can have a bit of fun with it um, because nice. that obviously had no warranty. <laughs> but he bought them basically the day after each other. So he bought one and then went back and bought another one. So. Okay. That's a good combination. One to play with, one to, uh, one to drive. Yeah, yeah. So one's going to be his little fun car. Um, Apple ratings and reviews. Uh, like I said, to support the podcast as well, if you go to Apple – Give us a star rating. Give us a review. Um, those things all help to get us to the position of number one, number one Porsche podcast. I know there's other people who are the number one Porsche podcast, but if you keep rating and review us, maybe we'll get there eventually. Um, and then there's this Clubhouse app thing. Now, I know, uh, James, you've joined. I gave you an invitation. I yeah, haven't really worked out that app. There seems to be a lot of car people on there, like quite influential car people. If you follow the right people and join the right clubs, um, yeah. I think there's some good conversation. I listened to something the other day and it was quite interesting. It wasn't about Porsche, it was about something else. I, I, I'm not 100% sure what to do with it yet, but it could be okay. I, I haven't worked it out totally yet, but I've, I've had to listen to a couple of conversations and classic cars and you know the car market in general and so on. Um, there's, there's some Porsche content there, the one that you flicked over to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a quick listen to that. So, yeah, there's some... There seems to be in the US a couple of a lot of the dealers are on there. Uh, people that work for Porsche um, are on there. I I don't know how they find time for it. Yeah, there's quite a lot. Of, I noticed that actually. Um, there's a quite a lot of people that work for Porsche on there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And in the chats, there was a chat the other day, and one of the guys, one of the head, I think it was the marketing guy actually for the US, that was in a chat that I was in that I was just listening yeah. to. Yeah. I was um, that. Yeah. But anyway, um, Clubhouse, I don't know why. They keep sending me more invites. I mean, maybe it's because I'm using them up or whatever. I don't know, or joining clubs. But they keep sending me more invites. I don't have anyone to give them to. I have four more invites <laughs> that they've sent me. So if you know anyone, James, if you know anyone, if anyone you know that wants this invite, just um, let me know. You have to be on iPhone. You have to send me your mobile cell number because that's how it recognizes you. Um, but I have four more invites if, um, if you guys want uh, know anyone that wants to be on it or have you? Yeah, I got five. If anyone wants them, <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is what I mean. They just keep. At first, they gave me two. Then they gave me. Then I got rid of those. Then they gave me another three. Now they've given me another four. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't anyway. know how it works. Um. All right, that's not the housekeeping, but let's call it the housekeeping. But I want to ask you: Have you seen? I had a message from uh, a guy in Sydney that chats to me occasionally on Instagram, David. Um, and David, he drives a. 911 Carrera T, actually. He's got a GT Silver 911 Carrera T. Um, and he sent me the link. Classic Throttle Shop in Sydney has a uh, Irish green painter sample GT3 Touring for sale, James. Oh, what what uh, what year? Uh, what was it? Is it 991 or? 991, yeah, the GT3 Touring 991. Yeah, quite a nice one. car. The special one, yeah. yeah. You know, the one that everyone says is exactly the same as the 911R, but we all know it really isn't that one. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I quite like them. I mean, any any of the GT cars are, are going to be good. Um, yeah, I just I just love anything GT. I'll, I'll yeah. accept it. I'll take it. Yeah, well, this one's really well-specced. I mean, it's got ceramics. Uh, like I said, it's paint to sample Irish green. Uh, it's got yeah. the basic standard seats. It's about, it's almost 400K, I think. I think it was 390 or oh. three 400K. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. But that was yesterday. That was yesterday. That I don't know whether David's bought it. Maybe David has bought it. I'm not sure. I know he listens to the podcast, but now it's on hold. It's already gone. Oh, One yeah. Day. There's yeah. There's quite a few um, down here. Anything GT just seems to, to, to move quite quickly. Um, I think we had down here... 
two yellow 996 GT3s come up for sale and they were gone within a couple of minutes. Oh, yeah, I saw that, a Porsche den, right? That's right. But, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was sold before they, they hit the, the Instagram feed or the, the web page. I mean, you know, that's what you do as a dealer. You put it on as, on your web page. Um, so, yeah, they're moving very quickly now. Yeah, I saw that. He put it on Instagram that they were coming up and then I went to the website to see what the price was or see what they were asking for it. Um, and they weren't even listed on the website at the time, the two of them, because he said he had both Speed Yellow 996.1, 996.2, but they weren't even on the website as yet. Um, yeah, but- that's right. Apparently the prices were, I think, 215 or 220 um, and for the 0.2 and the 0.1 was about 214 apparently. It's getting up there, isn't it? It's getting up there. That's going off a, a forum that I, I, I frequent. So that's the word. Um, one of the guys on the forum was actually his car, but anyway. Oh, it was his car, was it? That was that, that was for sale, yes. The point one, I think it was. So um, yeah, that's, that's the word going around. It's that sort of price now, but very clean cars. Very, very clean, um, you know, immaculate cars. Low kilometres. Yeah, I just spoke to... Um, John in Norway, and I think I might have mentioned it last week, I spoke to John for a f- owner's stories that's coming up in a couple of weeks, a few weeks, and he bought a, <clears throat> he came out of an M2 that he was using on the track. He's from Norway and he was using it on the track and he was going to Germany and doing track days on the ring. Yep. Um, and he's bought a 996.2 Speed Yellow uh, GT3. Oh, nice. And it's pretty nice. He works for Meguiar's in Norway. Um and it's a really, really nice example. And he just changed the wheels out at Christmas. He just splurged and bought some BBS CH wheels or something. Yeah. They're really yeah. expensive ones. They're really cool ones. So he's put those on there. So um, it looks pretty special. They're, they're a nice looking car, the Point 2, I have to say. Um, yeah, the, the Point 2 is quite nice. The, the Point 1 at the moment in Australia seems to be going crazy. I mean, people are you know asking. I get SMSs and emails about them. You know, can I find one? Can you know? Is there any available? Um, I helped a friend sell one uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, sold that within two hours. So, so is, is that the price? Is that the price of the um, nine nine six GT three now? Is it, it is it hit two hundred for a point one? Is that where they're sitting? Point ones and point twos uh, are over two hundred. No, well, I mean, if it's if it's an extremely clean example, you know, everything's perfect. It's got its bulk service history, very low kilometres. Um, they're possibly getting that sort of price. Um, collectors are, are buying them. Um, but your average, you know, well-used 0.1 or 0.2 is still going to be in the maybe mid to high uh, hundreds. Okay. Somewhere there, depending on what the car is and what the history is. Yeah. Um, I've got a collector friend that, um, you know, he's asking nearly 400000 for a, a, essentially a brand new one. Okay. It's got 125 kilometres, as in one, two, five, that's it. Um, the car was purchased brand new um, uh, to go racing but never was used. Okay. They're not the ones that were for sale in Melbourne, were they, where the whole, quite a few of them came up, the GT3... RS nine nine seven, the GT three nine nine six. That's not that yeah, person, no, is it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So oh, I'm, okay. a, I'm, a, I'm a good friend of his. Um, I'll be down at his place on Friday. Um, you know, we we do a few things together, and we, you know, I help him sell some cars. Um, so um, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's you know, just it's, essentially it's a brand new car that's twenty years old. Or, is that car still with that dealer in Melbourne? Because I noticed no. it's gone now. You've taken it off. It's sitting in the workshop at his workshop, so it's not on their website. But a few of them did sell, didn't they? Did a few sell from that dealer or not? Because there was quite a handful of them that came up all at once. Um, I'm not sure if all of them sold. Maybe one did. Um, I think at the end of the day there was only about four or five cars that he listed with that dealer in Melbourne. Yeah, um, 997.2 GT3 was a good one too. That was, I think, high 300s or something, I think, wasn't it? RS. Was it RS? Maybe it was RS. Was it a, I think it's the RS. I think it's Okay. Okay. Oh. Let, let's, let's talk about that now, actually, because we're talking about buying and selling cars. So um, you sent me a message the other day. So you've got your um, dealer's license. So you're, 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 you're doing 
like a is it like a special service, like a concierge type of service where you find cars for people? It's more of that sort of, you know. No, it's essentially just an independent Porsche dealer. Um, so I've got my uh, dealer's license here in uh, in, in Victoria, in, in Australia, um, and I'm basically just what I've almost been doing for the last twenty years, buying and selling Porsches. Um, I thought I'd just, you know, do it a bit more professionally. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Have you got a website or anything yet? Is it, how can people? Um... Uh, we're creating a website at the moment. Um, the company's called RSR Classic. Um, so we're creating the website at the moment. The website, to be honest, is just a formality. Um, most of the time, these cars, I sell them before they're even publicised. So are you dealing with, so for the, you know, we have a lot of listeners from Australia, but we also have a lot of listeners obviously from US and, and um, UK. Are you dealing yeah. with international clients as well? How does that work? Um, I have done in the past. Um, so more, more so on the race cars and, and some special cars, like I mentioned in, in the owner story, the Carrera 3 litre, things like that. So if it's something really special, yeah, sure, I can put it on the international market. Um, but most of the time uh, I'd be selling within Australia to, okay. to whoever's, whoever's uh, willing to So RSR, isn't that, wasn't there a dealer in Melbourne before called RSR or am I getting confused? Yeah, that was Rob Bramer. Um, so he was, um, unfortunately, he passed away about three or four years ago now. Yes. Um, yeah, so I've... Uh, I've always had that that name from nearly twenty years ago, so I've never used it. Okay. Um, but I've always had that name, so I thought I'd just make it official. And um, look, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. I mean, from our conversation last time, and and you know what, and watching your Instagram, you mean you always seem to find cars easily. Mm. I don't know. You always seem to find these cars, and you find them at the right price. Even from your <laughs> Japan, finding the cars in Japan, and finding yeah. these cup cars, you know. Um, so you've had a lot of inquiries of people like reached out to you and, and wanting you to find things for them already? Yeah, look, uh, the, at the moment it seems to be quite hot, the 996.1 GD3. Um, I did find another one today, so hopefully I can secure that one. Um, uh, so an old contact. I do have a lot of old contacts that, you know, being being around these cars for 20-plus years now, Um you know, a lot of the guys that, that I knew from back then are obviously getting on in age and um, people have different priorities, uh, their collections. They might want to be, you know, thinning out their collections and so on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it's, you know, I quite enjoy it. It's what I've been doing for a long time and I just thought I'd step it up and make it a bit more professional. Yeah, no, I think um, I think it's a great it's a great idea. And like I said, it, it, it probably helps people as well because if you're looking for something for them, you know what to look for. You have, you know, you have yeah. that knowledge that you, you know, it's not, I'm not saying you don't do a PPI or whatever, you know, we're big PPI fans mm. here, but, you know, you know what to look for. So you can kind of narrow it down for them before you actually show them the car that they're looking for, correct? Oh, oh definitely. Um, you know, I've helped a lot of people over the years to find a particular car they want. Um, or when an opportunity presents itself, I'd say, you know, go look at that thing. If, if it checks out, buy it. And, um, yeah, I've been doing that long enough to, to, to find the cars that are, that are quite reasonable. I mean, in the early years, you, you might make a mistake here or there, but just wait a couple of years and they appreciate in value. But that's all behind, you know, that's all years ago um, when they were a lot cheaper. I yeah, guess nowadays yeah. we all... We all do things, you know, we certainly get PPIs, we you know, check everything out properly. So, um, Yeah. We'll get on to the SCs in a second. I want to know, what do you think about, um, so I read an article uh, yesterday actually about Porsche increasing its stake in RIMAC or RIMAC or however you pronounce it, automobile. So RIMAC is the people who's helped Porsche with their electrification, I think, is with the electrification, you know, of, yeah. their, of their range, of their cars. Um, yeah. And I think I mentioned this in a previous uh, previous episode. Do you think that Porsche is going to bring out? It's been a long time since they had a supercar, so to speak. You know, the Carrera GT. Then they had the nine one eight Spider. Do you think yeah. it's about time that they're going to bring out something special, like a, an electric type car? Like maybe it's going to compete with that Tesla Roadster that people have been putting orders down for in the US, which doesn't come out until twenty twenty two or something. 
I'm sure Porsche have got something in the pipeline. There is simply no way they couldn't. Like they'd have to have something in the pipeline at, over at Weissach or somewhere, some secret warehouse in Germany. Yeah, yeah. And I was listening no- to I was listening to Spike's Car Radio. I think it was a couple of episodes ago. And I, I think it was Spike's Car. I think it was Spike's Car Radio. And they led on. Someone led on, or he led on to the fact that there's something really special coming from Porsche. Like they'd heard that something really special was coming from Porsche. So maybe yeah, that's I, yeah. It has to be absolutely. You know, a company of that size and and, and that sort of history that it has. Um, there's no reason why they wouldn't. I mean, they've got their Taycans now. They're completely electric cars. They just hit the market here in Australia. The first deliveries were last week. Um, they were absolutely everywhere. I, I was spotting them everywhere, so really? that was quite good. So they've, yeah, been that, they've been that popular in Australia. They've really taken yeah, them absolutely. up. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They, the launch was on Saturday. First deliveries were Monday. And around this area, I saw them, heaps of them. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good because I, I, I'm still not certain about – I mean, I, I love the look of it. I think it looks I, – I saw – I've only seen one and I saw it in London and it was in black. Um, mm. It's smaller than I thought. It's lower than I thought. Um, mm. By all the people that review it, you sit very low in the car as well. Like that's what's kind of nice about it. Apparently, the center of gravity, you sit really low like a 911. But I'm still worried about that charging network. You know, the, I, I don't know if Australia has – I don't know about Melbourne and I haven't been back to Australia for a couple of years now, but – I know in the UK there's there's a big charging network and I watched, I, I've mentioned this before, but I watched that video from Shimmy 150 and he had the Taycan Turbo that he bought or Turbo S or whatever it was and he struggled with charging that car in the UK. So what is it going to be like in Australia? Um, I, I, think it's, I think it'll be fine. I mean, I know that there's plenty of charging stations around and, you know, even on the main highway from Melbourne to Sydney, there's charging stations. So okay. obviously going out back. Um, you know, in complete remote areas, there's obviously not going to be charging stations. You still have the option to, I guess, slow charge it um, with normal power point. But the fast charging stations, they're, they're certainly popping up. They're in shopping centre car parks. They're in city buildings where okay. car parks. Um, you see them around. You certainly see them. I guess you can understand that the, the Taycan would do very well, though, because I remember that, you know, the Tesla Model S is everywhere in Sydney, you know. In, in yeah. the area where, you know, uh, where Tasha's parents live, you know, it's like they're just everywhere in that North Shore suburb. They're just, you know, you just, they're a dime a dozen. Like they're, yeah, like yeah, they, no, like I mean, they're a cheap car. Yeah, I, I really like the Taycan. I mean, and I was, um, I was driving actually in Red SC and I spotted three or four of them in a line and it was obviously the dealers taking people out on a, oh, okay. on a drive. So I've come up past them at, at the lights and they're all looking at me and I gave them a wave. <laughs> I thought, you know, this is pretty cool. You know, you've got the, the latest and greatest technology from Porsche and, you know, everyone's kind of hanging out the window looking at my red SC. <laughs> yeah, and at the time of the SC, people would never have thought that Porsche would be doing electric cars either. No, that's that's no, the weird no, thing, no. you know, you take yourself back in time. So what do you think of, I mean, this week, I mean, obviously a few days ago, or was it last week, they uh, launched the Cross, uh, Cross Turismo. Um, and I have a friend in the UK, actually, who's who's considering it. He messaged me last night. He's considering one to replace his SUV and have it alongside his 911. Would you be tempted by a by an electric Porsche, by a Taycan or a Gran Turismo? Cross Turismo? Um, possibly a, a Taycan. Uh, you know, I, I could do that for, I don't know, can, can you use them as a family car? They're, they're only, are they two, two doors, four doors? Four doors. They're four doors, okay. That's how much attention I paid to them. They look so sleek and <laughs> can't even tell where the doors are. Um, look, I could I could see myself driving one of those. Um, don't know what size of you know luggage capacity is and so on, but I really like them. I, I like the look of them. Um, the SUV, I don't know, haven't seen it um, yet. So, well, it's like yeah. a the Cross Turismo yeah. looks more like it's more like a Panamera. The Panamera really it looks like the Panamera. It looks like a wagon. It doesn't really look like an SUV. Right, okay. It's kind of half and half. You know that how Porsche do that with the Panamera as well. Um, yeah. It's more wagon like. I guess they are going to bring out the Macan. I mean, obviously the next generation of the Macan is going to be purely electrified. Apparently, it's going to be all electric. I think that's probably going to be a, a bigger seller. Yes. Um, more usable, um, I guess, for the Australian market and the US market. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of Macans in in Europe as well. Um, 
I think as as, as a usable car, the the Macan or even the Cayenne. Um, yeah. Once they become electrified, that will be. I mean, that's obviously the direction Porsche is going. Yes. Um, we we know that their 911. Well, what they're saying is that they're going to continue making that in in a petrol version. Um, not to say there won't be an electric version. But um, yeah, true. I still think I still think there'll be an electric version of the 911 at the end of this generation. I don't know. Maybe it's the next one, but I have a funny feeling. A point yeah. two, they'll bring out something that is part, you know, either electric or part electric. Nine Eleven, they'll do something. I mean, you've well, got that company. You've got that company, and I forget where it is in Europe. Have you heard about this company? It's called. It starts with a V, and I can't remember the name. Voice Steinder, or and they do a kit. They do a kit, which is an electric kit, uh, which goes into your nine nine seven and nine nine one. It fits, and I think they're looking at doing it for the air cooled. And it basically is an, a kit that just sort of bolts on and it literally gives you a hundred and I think it was 140 more horsepower on a 997. Okay. So okay. It's like a, is, that, is that an electric motor? Yeah, it's an electric motor that gets, and I should know that I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I, I just thought about it. Um, it gets, I don't know what it replaces. It replaces something in the, it replaces something and then it gives you this extra power and it's, it's getting a oh, bit of okay. bit of a following, yeah, yeah. I'll send you the link after we've done because it's quite an interesting, um, it's quite an interesting thing for someone who has a nine nine seven or picks up one cheap and you put this on there. I mean, you're getting a lot of a lot of extra power in just a base nine nine eleven nine nine seven or or might, you know, uh, might solve the IMS problem. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know actually how they deal with that, but maybe with air, maybe with air cools it could actually work really well though, James, because you know just to get that I little bit yeah. of extra boost, you know. Yeah, I have seen air cools, you know, being converted to electric. There's, you know, there's a few things on YouTube and um, I guess that's kind of a simple conversion. I'm not sure exactly how they work. Um, but, yeah, I have seen air cools converted to electric. I haven't, um, yeah, I haven't uh, seen this 996, 997 generation. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing a bit of a search that, now. That would be cool to, to replace the IMS bearing or all the motors that keep failing all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I can't. It starts with V. I can't find it now. I'm doing a search, but I can't find it. We'll, we'll talk about it again in another episode. Um, but also, you know, forget about. Let's forget about electric because we still like. You know, you know we like our petrol. We like our naturally aspirated. Um, thoughts on the new GT3? Now, I yeah. I liked it when it first came out. I liked the look of it. I'm not keen on the, the launch color. Now I've seen more images of it. I do like. Uh, AP's one, uh, the head of Porsche GT, who's got the silver one that he's had, which looks yeah. okay. Um, I'm still not com- – I mean, I guess you need to see it in the real life, in real life like the 992 Carreras and Carrera S's. The wing looks the wing looks a little bit clunky in some angles. I thought in the launch car it looked quite clean at the back. What do you think of it? What Have, have you read much about it? What do you think of this new GT3? Um, from the photos I've seen and, and- – you know, I understand what you're saying about the different colours, how it can, you know, make a car look different. Um, sometimes, you know, certain colours make a car look wider, narrower, all that sort of business. I, I quite like the thing. I mean, the rear wing is, I don't know, it's a bit, uh, there's a lot There's a lot going on there yeah. in that back section. Um, but I, I still like the car overall. I'm sure when I see it in real life, um, I'll probably think it's just way too big. Um, but then again, it's going to be faster. It's it's going to be more stable on the on the track. Um, yeah, very racy look. Very. But aggressive. do you but do you think because going back to your owner's stories when you were talking about the nine nine seven and you basically said you know I, you were out driving it. You told me you were out driving it and you had to change up. You know what I mean when you had the nine nine seven GT three. And now this this new GT three. And my criticism is it looks a little bit. And I got. I got pulled up on this on on a Instagram DM by somebody, but my point was it looks it's too motorsport. You know what I mean? It's too. It's like I I'm not really sure what Porsche are doing. Where it's it it really does become it looks more like a track car. You know what I mean? It, it looks like they're uh, trying to narrow that band, James. You know you've yeah, driven yeah. you know nine nine sevens, nine nine six Cup cars. You know you've been on the track. You yeah, think this is no, going to be a better track experience? Oh, absolutely. It, it'll certainly be faster. And I think they're trying to, as you, exactly what you're saying, they're trying to narrow that band of buyers that want to be focused on the track. This is obviously my opinion. Um, they want to focus 
you know, the purely the, the track guys to buy the GT3 and maybe the people that want to think in between that there'll be the touring model or even whatever the highest spec GTS or whatever it might be in the 911. Um, it looks extremely racy. I quite like it because obviously motorsport background. Um, would I drive it every day? Probably not. No, exactly. Um, you know, and then I think, I think for the price there, they're charging nowadays, you, you probably would only use it on certain occasions on the well, track and so on. I'd hate to think the waiting list in Australia and I'd hate to think what the price is going to be and what those uh, those people who are reselling them straight away, what that price will be. Like is it going to get you know get close to a GT3 RS price? You know? Does the GT3 RS 991.2 now look really appealing? You know, is that the sort of thing you gotta look for secondhand and you know that's what you should be buying into? Or should you wait for the new GT3? I mean, I like the front of the new GT3. I know Steve Steve yeah. said to me he didn't like the front. I like the front. I'm not convinced with the back, and it does really depend on the color. But I'm not completely convinced. Look, I, I like it overall. Overall, I like the car, but that's just going off photos. And yeah, sure, that rear wing looks a bit. I don't know. It looks a bit busy. I I can't get my head around it, but. Seeing the cup cars and obviously they're trying to do the more racy look, um, you know, I'm sure I'll love it when I see it. Yeah. You know, give, give me five minutes with that car in a showroom and walking around it and I'm sure I'll be over the moon with it. Yeah, but I think you're right. It's going to look, it's going to look huge. It's going to yeah. look a lot bigger and it's going to be one of those cars where, you know, people drive their GT3 cars as a daily car or drive them around. It's, it, it, it looks like it's not that sort of car anymore to me. It looks, no, really does all. look I, like I it's... Anyone's going to daily that that car. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you could daily a, a 997 or a 996 any day of the week and, and a 991. Yeah, true. And I, see, I, see, I won't say I see plenty of them, but I do see them every now and again being used in traffic and so on because they were easy to drive. Yes. I'm sure the new one's easier to drive as well, but it's just so racy. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I was just, just want to say, uh, what do I want to say? 912s, 912s. I'm still looking for a 912, James, even though they're not very fast. I'm still keen on it. I haven't lost the, the passion for it. My wife doesn't yep. really, she's not that keen on them. She doesn't really get them. Um, I'm trying to convert you into an SC. Yeah, I know. And then I looked at 912Es for a while and then I thought, uh, you know, I think, I think Mark from Mark and Cars in Melbourne in Perth said to me, you know, do you really want one with a Volkswagen engine? And then he kind of put me off it straight away. And I thought, oh, no, I don't want a 912E. And then you with the SCs, you know, looking at your Instagram and seeing these SCs come up, you know, like, and then I saw that one on car sales in Australia, which is, which is the one I thought you bought, but it's still there. Is There's a red SC there, isn't there? That a guy there's had, he put it at one price, he put it up and then he put it back down again. That one, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that car on car sales. That that car doesn't have the correct engine in it. It's got a two point seven in it. Oh, really? So you huh. once you once you read down the the, the wording of the ad, um, it's clearly an SC. Um, I believe it's a factory right hand drive, so it's possibly a UK or Hong Kong car. I'm not oh, sure. Okay, okay. Um, and then it doesn't have the correct engine in it. it it's got a two point seven in it. And so, I mean, he states that quite clearly, so he's not hiding it. Like, I obviously didn't what, read down far enough. I just thought it looked yeah. in really good condition. It looked very, um, very good condition. So, what, so tell me what happened because I want to talk about the cup car as well. But let's let's just yeah. talk about the SC first. I see your Instagram. I send you a message. You've got a white one, and then yep. the white one disappears and it becomes a red one. So, how did you end up with the white SC? And what happened, James? What happened? Okay, so a friend of mine. A friend of mine sent me a, a message and said, you know, a, uh, a guy I know is selling a, a 911 SC. It's got a fiberglass body kit on it. Um, and I said, fine, I'll go have a look at it. He's owned it for 30-something years. Okay. So I went and looked at it. You know, we did a deal. That was fine. Um, and I said I said to the owner of the car, I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm taking quite a big risk on this and, if it's got a broken head stud, well, it's no good to me. The car will get parted out because it was fairly cheap. You know, it was modified. Um, yeah. the, the bottom was modified, but the interior, the engine and everything underneath was perfectly as it was. It was a, a German delivered car converted to right-hand drive. Okay. So I, I flicked um, 
a photo of that to one of my good friends who who works on a, a lot of these cars um, in his own little private workshop. He doesn't do any work for anyone else. Uh, he just basically works on these cars for himself. He's got a little collection there. And I said, you know, I'm looking at this. What do you think? And he goes, oh, because you have to sell me this car. Really? I said, I said, if I find something better, I'll sell you it. Why did he want it so much? He wants to turn it into a 935. Oh, okay. okay. Because finding, finding a running car in, in Australia of a 911, a non-sunroof coupe is, is very hard at the right. moment. Um, and it's been hard for quite a while. People are asking crazy money just for body shells. Okay. Um, and there's not really many around. So here we had a complete running and driving car um, that was in very good condition but had some body modifications to it. So you'll, you'll see, uh, obviously on my Instagram photo, I didn't even take a photo of the outside of the car. Right. Um, so anyway, and I said to him, look, if I find something better, I will sell you this car. You know, we, we worked out a price and I said, you know, this is what it owes me. He goes, fine, no problem. So I found something better. Okay. So that was it. So what did you find? So that that so I'll go back to the the white SC lasted about what was it six weeks in my garage, and uh, I found a you know one night on car sales as I'm always looking, as clearly everybody is. Yes. Um, I found a, a very nice or very original. Um, 79 911 SC. Now, okay. I do remember seeing this car four years ago or five years ago for sale at a dealer uh, just near me. Um, so I did, rem- I, I remembered the car. Uh, the seller was a, is a really good guy, in the, well known in the Porsche community. Um, you know, so the ad comes up on car sales here in, here in uh, Australia. And I looked at it and I've gone, yeah, I know this car and you know, I know the seller, so um, I don't know the seller personally, but I know of the seller. Yes. So I gave him, a, gave him a call and said, you know, what is it, what isn't it, and so on, and it ended up um, uh, it's a five or six owner car, um, completely original. We are, you know, everything is 100% original okay. on it. Um, you know, I will, you know it, it does have a... Um, it has, a, it has had a respray, okay. but being guard red, it's very hard to, I guess, keep original paint. It always fades. Yes. Um, but, you know, everything apart from the paint is, is pretty much as it rolled out of the factory okay. or out of the dealership here in Melbourne. Yeah, it looks pretty, um, looks pretty in pretty good nick. I mean, I must have missed that one because, I, you know, because of you, I do actually look at SCs now all the time. I'm looking on UK <laughs> sites and I'm looking on car sales, but I, I must have missed that one. I must have, you must have picked it up really well, quickly. It wasn't it wasn't up long. Um, so basically I, I gave him a call and he said to me, oh, look, the, the dealer that I bought it from is going to send a truck in the morning and give me a check in the morning. And I okay. said, oh, you know, has he given you a deposit? He goes, no. I said, well, he's mine. <laughs> so, you gazumped them. Is that what you call it? Gazumped? Well, Isn't that the word? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> as, a, as a seller, from his point of view, it's you better take the money that's on the table than the, then we turn up the next morning and, oh, no, oh, this, oh, that. Um, so, look, you know, knowing, knowing the car and seeing the car and then um, going through all its history, you know, matching numbers, Australian delivered, so that's obviously quite important here in Australia. Um, for some reason in other countries it, it may not be. but um, And also the, the car was owned by, originally purchased by, the people that had the advertising account for Porsche Cars Australia. Oh, okay. Back in, so back in the 70s, 80s, and even up until 2014 apparently. Right, The same yeah. people had that account, the same advertising agency. Yeah. I, mean, I think Steve knows, knows of them. I think Steve mentioned he knows okay. of that company. Yeah. Okay, so the, yeah, the, the guy that originally bought it um, spec'd it with no sunroof, which is just, yeah. you know, I really like non-sunroof uh, coupes. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a not too many options, but um, just a nice original 911 SC. So, um, you know, it needs a little bit of a paint correction. Sorry, James, what was that? It needs a little bit of a paint correction, but, um, you know, that, that doesn't take away from what the car is. 
But the quality of the paint is okay, though. There's nothing wrong with it. It just needs to be detailed. Yeah, look, it, the quality of the paint's quite good, but it just needs a, needs needs some correction in, in a couple of spots. And yeah. But mechanically, we'll it's that. perfect. Oh, mechanically, it's sensational. It's uh, had a rebuild. There's receipts there. Um, the only thing I might do is change to SSI um, an SSI exhaust. Right. Um, so I've got a, an original set of the original type ones. Um, so not the later remanufactured ones. Um, so I might put that on. Um, but apart from that, it, it, it's going to stay as is. Perfect. Perfect. So what is it? Let, I'm sure the listeners are going, what is it about the SC? Because you've owned a few now, haven't you? You bought one from Japan originally. Have you owned, how many SCs yeah. have you owned? Seven. Seven. Okay. See, that's cra- that. We didn't even talk about all of them, did we? You've owned seven SCs, and you and yeah. in, in the owner stories, you said, "I want to get another SC." That was what you said to me because you sold that nine four four, nine four four, wasn't it? Nine two four. Nine two four turbo. Yeah, the nine two four turbo in that green color. You sold that, yeah. and then you yeah. said, "Then I want to get another SC." So what? What is it about the SC? I mean, a lot of listeners and a lot of people who, you know, chat to me on DMs and stuff, you know, a lot of people are looking at the 3.2 Carrera, you know, yep. whatever whatever gearbox it should be. They're kind of looking at that more. Do you think the SC is still a little bit like like the, what the 99s? Is it still not as sought after? Why is it not as sought after? Because you actually really like it. I, I really like the SCs because they're, they're a lot more simple than um, – a 3.2. I've, I've owned a 3.2 and I, I found it to be uh, not as lively, um, you know, a little bit sluggish. Okay. Um, now, that was, uh, I think it was an 84 or 85 model. So it may not have had the, you know, the latest and greatest uh, engine in it, but um, it was still a 3.2. It was a very original car. It was not modified at all. Um, I really like the SC because it's a usable classic. For me, it's just a usable classic. You can jump in and drive. You don't get tired in it, um, provided this, you know, the car's looked after and is in good condition. Um, yeah, it's basically it's a usable classic, and I like the way they drive. I personally, I think they drive better than a three point two, just because of the weight. Is it a lighter car? It's a it, it weighs yes, less it than is. the three point two. Quite a lot. Yeah, it's got less. Less thing, you know, less items on it. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say the the, the later three point twos. You know, there was always more emission controls. There was always you know more things, and there was just more, more, more. And then obviously they made a larger engine. Um, the argument about the G fifty gearbox and the nine one five. Personally, I, I mean, I've driven them both. Sure, the nine one five is not a good gearbox. Uh, sorry, the G50 is a good gearbox, but a nice 915 is almost the same. I mean, you know. So I it's more, really... so the gearbox debate with 915 and 950, the gearbox, the G50, is that, yeah. is that purely due to maintenance, you think? It's because people haven't, the car's not well maintained. Yeah. So if you get a good one, there's nothing wrong with that. Because I know Nick in Melbourne, who's on Owner Stories, he actually said in a comment on my YouTube channel, uh, because I had Mark on from the UK who's got the Cassis Red, um, you know, Cassis Red 3.2 Carrera. And he said the G50 yeah. and other people have said the same thing. And Nick said, oh, well, actually, the, the other one is actually just as good. The 915 is, it, is just as good. It, it is just as good as, as long as it's maintained. Uh, I've driven, you know, bad 915 gearboxes and good 915 gearboxes. The, the good 915 gearbox is, is just as equal to the G50. Um, yeah, I think the G50 doesn't. Uh, how can I put it? Deteriorate, or you know, probably needs less maintenance. Okay, um, and that's probably why they're more popular. You know, you can jump in any kind of G50 and it feels good, but a a, a well maintained nine one five to me is just the same. I guess you do pay quite a bit of a premium, right? You would know this now because you're, you're going to start to source these and sell them. The premium between a, a G50 is, is quite a bit more, isn't it? It's In Australia, it definitely is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's quite a bit. And, you know, personally, to get a car that's heavier just for the better gearbox and the larger engine, 
kind of cancels itself out when yeah. the SC is lighter and with tiny modifications like just a simple exhaust system like an S- a set of SSIs just livens up the SC. I mean, yep. you don't need to do anything to the SC. Just put a set of SSIs on it um, okay. and a good, good, good muffler. Um, tell the listeners, tell the listeners SSI. What is that? What is the benefit of an S? What is the SSI and what's the benefit? Just a, a free-flowing uh, exhaust. Um, you know, it's basically they were made. Um, I hope I don't get this wrong, but they were made for the the early cars that had uh, mechanical fuel injection. Um, so they're they're quite a free-flowing exhaust. Okay. Um, so a really good upgrade. To, to any of the, the SCs, I mean, you know, they, they, I think they're the best exhaust you can put on. Um, they do remanufacture them now. Um, I, think, I think it's Danks make them now. Oh, okay. Um, and then you... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you can just basically bolt them on and, and you've got a, a good performance upgrade and a, and a wonderful sound. So if you buy an SC, that's pretty much all you need to do. Apart from maintenance, that's all you need to do. In, in my opinion, yes. Okay. The way That's... I like my SC, yes. Okay. And you've owned a lot of SCs, as you just said. Is this the best one you've had? One of the best ones you've had? One of the best. Um, there was another one that was same as the guard, the same colour, guards red. It was a former track car. So it, was, it you know, had a really good setup on it, had the SSIs, and um, I'm sure there were other little bits of you know, modifications to it. That was a really nice quick car. That was a later car, had a bit more power. Um, so, but as just for an everyday, well, obviously it's not going to be an everyday car, but as a usable classic to, to drive around and, you know, it's certainly not a track car, it, it, it's, yeah, this one is, is really nice. I just love original cars. Yeah, yeah. No, it looks beautiful. So you choose SEs basically because of the driving experience. You find it more engaging. You find it more, it's a raw experience. It's a more, you know. Yeah. 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 Comparing it to the 3.2 I had, I'd take the SC any day. Okay. Well, that's, that's good advice because you've owned a lot of 911s and you've, you've had the experience with, you know, track cars, cup cars, etc. Um do you think it's a car, and I always like to, you know, I always think about this when I'm talking about other models. Do you think it's a car that a 911 that someone should buy as their first 911? Uh, the SC, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was my first, first oh, 911. Really? Okay. First, yeah, the first car I, I could afford many years ago um, was the 911 SC, the, the Japanese. The Japanese uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. One, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that was my first car and my first Porsche 911. Um, so yeah, they were affordable back then. They're, I guess, in the in in the, in the in the order today. I guess they're still kind of affordable if you're looking at air cooled. Um, it's a strange thing, the SC market, though, isn't it? I mean, you would have no. I mean, it seems like there's in Australia. Is it somewhere between eighty and one hundred and twenty thousand? Is that where the SC seems to be sitting? It, it seems or to be a good one, an Australian delivered one, yes. Yeah, strange. Um, so, you know, listeners in other parts of the world are probably thinking, why does he keep talking about Australian delivered? Yeah. For some reason, there's a premium in this country, in Australia, that everyone wants their Australian delivered car. Yes. Now, you give me a German or a UK car or a car that's come out of the US. That's the same quality and is the same spec and is exactly the same. They are the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I don't have a problem. You know, I don't have a problem with importing a UK 911 and bringing it to Australia. I don't have a problem with the right-hand drive, you know, with the UK version. And like you said, yeah. it, it, you don't get as much money when you sell it. Um, people always say, oh, you know, the salt on the roads are, are going to be a rust bucket if you get it from the UK, which is not always the case. Not always yeah. the case. Um, but it is that thing, isn't it, about having a strain delivered and, and a strain delivered cars. I sent someone a link the other day, James. I think it was a – I sent it to Mark in the UK, actually. I think it was a 930 Turbo that had come up somewhere, and the price was just crazy. I think it was 400000 yeah. or something. It was just absolutely insane, you know, compared yeah. to UK prices even. I know they're high in the UK, but they're not that high. Um, yeah, for some reason, um, I mean – what I sort of put it down to is people want a car that was delivered locally 
um, and they'll pay a premium for a locally delivered car. Um, when it comes to sell the car, it's a lot easier. You've got your books. You can trace its history, and maybe it's got to do with tracing its history. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly with the SE that I've, I've just purchased now, um, you know, you open the books up, you can see every dealer or every Porsche centre it's been to and, you know, you know where those dealers are, you know the people. Yeah. Maybe that's got something to do with it, you know, big stack of receipts to reflect all, all those dealer stamps. So it was, a, it was a Victorian delivered car? It was delivered in Melbourne? The car's never been out of Victoria. Never been out of Victoria. Wow, that's rare. Yeah. That's very rare. So what, as, as, as an ownership. Yeah. So what is um, with, with the new venture, with the, with the uh, finding Porsches for people, what, is, what, is, what are the, some of the cars people are asking you to find? Is there anything really rare that you've been asked to find? Um, there are a couple of uh, rare cars. I mean, you know, 356s and certain 356s and very specific models and, um, you know, early 911s, like 65 911s. That's going to be pretty hard. They're expensive um, as well. Um, yeah, they are. So a couple of the there is one for sale though, isn't there? There's one for sale, isn't it? Export fifty six in the UK. There's one for sale in the UK. Actually, I saw it come up. Yeah, but some sometimes these guys want Australian delivered. <laughs> All right, that's going to no, be that, really that's, that's no, that's like finding a right hand drive nine twelve in Australia. Do they exist? Oh, uh, probably not. Probably not. I'm sure there are, but probably not. Um, yeah, so some some of the collectors I talk to are very specific in what they want, and they're, and they're willing to pay for that. That's and that's not an issue. That's that's a good, you know, obviously a good position to be in. Um, I did I did sell a GD3 Cup car um, that was owned by Jim Richards, um, you know, quite a famous racing driver in Australia, and that car had yeah. been sitting in a collection for oh, almost twenty years now. Wow. Um, so I did, I did sell that car to another collector. Oh, that, um, that would have been an expensive purchase. I probably set a record for um, the price of a 996 Cup car. Wow. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely the most expensive one in Australia. Um, and around the world, I don't think they're getting that sort of price. So that was, you know, that was quite, quite a, a good deal there. Um, but yeah, collector was happy to to pay for that money, and that's that's what he said to me. He goes, you know, that's that's the car I want, and um, it was off market. And, you know, no one knew about that sale, so um, that's good though. It, it, it sounds like a good thing up. you've got going though. It's it's exciting. It's interesting too. You know what I mean? It's just good to be involved in it and do it, and you know, find yeah, these cars right. for people that are looking for it. It's it's kind of like you're buying it for yourself, but you're not. You know what I mean? Because you search it out and then. The other person's happy. It's it's kind of a good process. Technically, I do buy all these cars. By law, I have to buy them, so I do buy them all. Oh, you do buy them all? Yeah. So by law, as we are in Victoria, <laughs> okay. as a dealer, I have to own these cars to sell them. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go. You're increasing your <laughs> your collection. Well, they, might, <laughs> they may not be in my hands for more than a day. <laughs> So tell us about uh, tell the listeners about the cup car because if you, if, if you guys will remember last time uh, James was on he was talking about he picked up the Fitzgerald um, racing car cup car nine nine six and you were going to restore yeah. it I've seen you've restored it it looks really good um, in the decals and everything you've done a really good job how was that process was it was it easy process to get it back to the level you wanted it to be um. Overall, it was pretty straightforward. It, it, it wasn't – cup cars are not that complicated, particularly the 996 or 997. Um, so, yeah, overall, the, the complete exterior restoration went well. Um, the signage went on. Uh, the new windows went in. Um, so that was all pretty straightforward. Um, it was, you know, obviously the car was quite good to start with mechanically um, and set up. It was completely set up and it was all perfect that way. So I didn't really have to play around with any mechanicals. You know, the gearbox is already rebuilt and the engine right. is brilliant, doesn't need a rebuild. Yep. Um, so then, yeah, once it was all finished up, took it to the racetrack. Um, I saw that video. It, Steve, yeah. and I, Steve and I commented about it on a, a podcast. I don't know whether you heard it, but we uh, both thought it sounded, <laughs> it sounded amazing. Like it, Steve that. said, that sounds so good. It does sound good, yeah, yeah. 
So, um, yeah, took it to the track and, you know, it was, you know, just tippy-toeing around in the first session and just making sure everything was right. And honestly, I didn't even look at the car. Like, it was just drive it, park it, drive it, park it. It was just perfect. It didn't look like you were going that fast. No, well, Winton is, Winton, this, the track here in northern Victoria, is not a fast circuit. It's not really a fast, I don't think you even get into fifth gear. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not a fast circuit at all. So to test a car, it's quite a good place. Right. right. Um, now that I've tested it up there, to go to Phillip Island, um, where the World Superbikes go now, yes. I guess, um, you know, that I've got no, no, no hesitation going to Phillip Island now, now that I know what the car is and, and it yeah. know, didn't do anything. Really? No, it was good. You it was good. You did the video for people who haven't seen it. For the listeners who haven't seen it, go to is it what's his YouTube channel? Outlaw Garage, something else, right? Outlaw Garage, yeah. Outlaw Garage on YouTube, and and yep. James has uh, taken him for a drive. What's the guy's name again? I forget his name. I know. I forgot um, too. Anyway, check out Outlaw Garage. James is, in, uh, James is driving his cup car, uh, the Fitzgerald racing car that he restored, um, and it's really good. The sound of it is just amazing. So what, what's happening with that car? You, you're not keeping it? No. So I, I, I'm going to put it up for sale um, on collecting cars. Um, okay. So collecting cars, we've got the Australian sort of side of business down here. Um, so I think the photos for that are going to happen tomorrow or Friday. Okay. Um, um, so yeah, that's going to go up on the website within a week, I guess. Um, and yeah, we'll auction it off. See how we go. So, can international the listeners who are listening are thinking, I want that nine nine six cup car? Can they buy it if they live? Yeah, absolutely. They can bid on Collecting Cars website for sure. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. with Collecting Cars, do you set a reserve or you just leave it? There is always a reserve, right? Uh, there's two options, a reserve or no reserve. Um, they've collecting cars. have had a, a discussion about the car. So I've presented it to them and said, you know, this is what it is, given them all the information. Um, they'll get, you know, probably a hundred or so photos of it. Um, and they've come back to me with a, a figure that they think is, is reasonable. So, um, we'll run the auction and see how we go. It'd be interesting. I'll watch that one for sure. It'd be interesting to um to see the comments and to see what people think of it and, and see who ultimately buys it, whether it's someone in Australia, whether it's someone in Europe or UK or US. Because your last cup car you sold, you sold it to the US, didn't you? Yes, I did, yeah. So that was um yeah, over in Michigan that went over there. That was sold on Renlist. On Renlist, okay, okay. Yeah, collecting cars seems to be getting a bit of a foothold in Australia. I noticed um I had someone reach out to me actually because we spoke about, oh, it was the orange um, 911 that was on Collecting Cars, which was David. Oh God, I hope I got his real name right. Sorry. David from Driving Adventures, in a, the Driving Adventures company that does all the okay. driving tours. He yep. reached out and said that was actually his car. I'm going to get him on the podcast at some stage as well. Um, yep. And I think I can't remember what that sold for. There's a couple of uh, interesting 911s for sale on car sales. Though. There's an orange 911 that's for sale. Did you see that? There's a couple of orange ones. I noticed seventies. Oh. Are uh, you talking? There's a Targa that's just come up. Yeah, there's that Targa that's been for sale for a while, which is in the yellow type color. That's been there for a bit. Yeah. That mustardy yellow color, whatever that's called, I can't remember the name. That's been for yeah, sale yeah. for a while, but um, oh, there's a few. There's a few nice cars that have come up for sale, and some of them, you know, move quite quickly, and you know, it all depends on the quality of the car. So for your for your business, which is RSR, what was the other part of it? RSR Classic. RSR Classic. Are you going? So you would. So you approach people that are selling cars on car sales, or you you really like to get people who haven't already listed their car. How does it work? Uh, well, basically, just uh, as an independent Porsche dealer, I just I just buy the cars that are, that are, you know, whatever I can buy that that is um, a, a good quality car and a good nine eleven. Okay. And then resell it when I um, when I have to. So someone who's listening in Australia now. And, and they think oh, I've got this 911 and I haven't listed it. They can just contact you and you can you can hopefully find a buyer for them. Or you buy it first, you said, and then you you sell it on. So they just contact you directly. Yeah, there's there's a few ways to do it. Um, uh, so yeah, I've I've had a few people contact me and say, you know, I've got this car, I want to sell this car, and so on. And um, a lot of the times, 
there'll be I'll, I've got a list of of cars that people want. Okay. Um, so if you can match that up, or I'll go out actively chasing one. Um, and yeah, we'll just you know do the deals and and get them moved on that way. I mean, I've it's yeah as I said before, it's not something that I I haven't done before. I've done that many many times over. Yeah, yeah. So anyone that's listening, they can just contact you through your Instagram at the moment through a DM and just contact you if they have a car to sell or they're looking for a Porsche and, and they want something, they just contact you directly. Is that the best way, James? Yeah, they, at the moment you can just contact me through um, Instagram DM, so Porsche Platts um, on Instagram. The website will be up and running soon. Um, as I said before, the website's a bit of formality just to say who we are yeah. and what we yeah. do. Most of the times the cars are sold before they even hit the website. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a great thing to do. Um, and I have to say, if I'm when I'm coming back to Australia, which I am very shortly uh, before the end of the year, middle of the year, we're back in Australia. So um, if I don't find anything, I know I know the person I'll be contacting to to find me something. That's for sure. Um, and I think you guys, if anyone's listening and wants a, a 911 and you're searching for something, really do get in contact with James because his knowledge. You know, he's, he's got so much knowledge, I mean, honestly, um, you know, and all your experience, you know, your track experience and your race experience and everything like that, you know what I mean? I'm yeah, thinking- yeah, no, thanks for that, Michael. It's, um, yeah, it's not something that's happened overnight. It's, um, you know, as I said, I've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. Um, I've been buying and selling classic cars for, for 20 years, so um, something I've always wanted to do and now that COVID's over, you know, I kind of set up the business and did all the work, um, you know, the legalities and all that sort of business during COVID. So I had the time to do it um, and then had the dealer's licence uh, application come through, which is not exactly that easy. Right. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, it's we'll, a per- it's yeah. perfect timing. I really do think it's perfect timing. I mean, I look at Porsche Dan, what he has, and he he obviously does really well with what he gets in. He sells them pretty quickly, and even Classic Throttle Shop, you know, the ones that they get through. I mean, I know they got a couple of Sportos in there at the moment, but they get, you know, there's there's good cars out there which just seem to appear. So there's definitely a market, and the, and the good ones always sell quickly, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Look, the car there's there's plenty of good cars out in particularly in Australia, they are hiding here and there. And as I said before, people have different reasons for owning and different reasons for selling these cars at a certain part or a certain part of their life. Um, You know. Yeah, priorities. Priorities, that's right. Um, I've always had very good uh, relationships with with collectors. I've sold a lot of cars to collectors over the years. So, um, you know. Some of these guys have 30, 40, 60, 80 cars. It's, it's yeah. crazy. And you get to see them all. You get to go into that garage and see them. <laughs> I do, but nobody gets to see the photos. <laughs> yeah, but you can't take any photos. You can't share it. That's the worst part of it. That's the worst part of it. No, <laughs> that's not a problem. I mean, and a lot of these guys I've known for, for, you know, near on 20 years. So Yeah, yeah, that's it's fantastic. Not, it's, not, it's not just some guy walking into a some guys' collections, you know, saying, yep. oh, yep. I want to buy this car off you. Yep, true, true. Do you know those people, do you know the people up in uh, near Tweed Heads that have that collection that are on Instagram that have, he has the, the bright green GT3 RS, the 997, and he has a garage, he's got a 914. He bought a red Targa from the UK. Have you follow them? Uh, I can't think you know of his the name. The, the, the green, the lime green GT3 RS. Oh, yeah, I think it's Annette Robert or something they call I don't know if it's under Yeah, Annette. I think one of my cars has ended up there. He's got a good little one collection. Yeah, he's got a good collection. He's got yeah. like a Boxster. Yeah, no, no, I know who you're Yeah, yeah. I always look at theirs and I think that's that's what I want. <laughs> I just want that. <laughs> well, that, that, that's quite a nice collection. It's it's um, the, Obviously, it's it's different colors and the way they've got them all set up there, it's quite nice. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I did see at one point, um, I'm pretty sure it's one of my turbos that I had a few years back has ended up up there. Oh, okay. Wow. So um, one of my 70s, the 77 model I had. Right, right. All right, James, I think we're at, we're, we're over time a little bit, but that's good. But really, thanks thanks so much for coming on today and, and chatting. It was, good to, um, it was good to catch up again. We should do this again soon. Yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll be back anytime you want me and... Uh, We'll say hi to Steve, and I've got two girls, so um, oh, you know what it's like. Luck. I know what it's like. Good luck to him. 
Yeah. Ajmal said the same thing. He's joined the two-girl club. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that actually a lot of the guys that you've had on the owner's story, stories, um, you know, as you were saying, in, you know, I think it was in the today's podcast with um, with Nick, uh, you know, there's a bit of a community going on there. So um, yeah. a lot of the guys uh, contact each other and, um, yeah, it's, it's quite good what you've got uh, going on. Yeah, I like that. I think that's great how everyone contacts. Um, Nick uh, from the Classic Series, who owns the White 912, um, he wants to organise, he mentioned, he said, we should organise something when I'm back in London. We sh- should organise something with all the UK guys that have been on the podcast and we'll meet up. Yeah. So that, which, which yeah. will be good if, there, if there's no restrictions in the UK, where there probably still will be, but if there's no restrictions, it'll be a, it'll be a good thing to do. Um, but yeah, yeah everyone, no. everyone on Owner Stories is fantastic. You know, I chat to, to most people all the time still um, and it's really, really cool. Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a good thing you've got going on. Thanks, James. Um, we need to set something up on that clubhouse. We need to get a Porsche talk, a Porsche room going on with uh, you and me and a few other people in the UK and, and chat. That's what we need to do, I think. Uh, I think that could be a thing. You yeah. can set one up and have a Porsche called yeah. room. Yeah, we'll do a room and we'll get everyone, uh, a few of the people that have been on owner stories and a few other people that I've been talking to as well and um, – do some kind of thing. Like I said, I'm still trying to work it out, but that was the whole, that was what actually Nick from classic series, he gave me the invitation. He said, you should put something up on there. It'd be a good thing to have a, a club. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. So, sounds good. Thanks James. Thank you. Thanks for coming on this evening. I know it's uh, in the middle of dinner time there. So it's a bit of a weird time. I asked you to, <laughs> I asked uh, you to be time for me, So that's fine. Is it? Okay. All right, so that's, uh, that's, that's James uh, who stepped in today for Steve, taking Steve's seat. And James, make sure you follow him at Porsche Platz, RSR Classics, his new company. So if you want anything, if you're looking for a Porsche or you're, you're trying to search out a Porsche you can't find, give James a, send James a message and he will uh, help you in your quest. And that's about it. Thanks, James. Thank you. All right, thanks everyone for listening and bye for now.